Hello and welcome to the Marketing Meetup Podcast. My name's Joe Glover. Thank you so much for listening today. Today we have Mary Awusu, who will be a third time speaker at the Marketing Meetup. I think that puts her as the person who has spoken most during our webinar program, uh, which is very well deserved because not only is Mary a wonderful human being, she is also blessed with knowledge and she is blessed with clarity to uh, share that knowledge with other people. Mary is a giver, she's amazing, and uh, I, I just think the absolute world of her. In this session, she speaks all about the things that you need to know about Google Analytics 4, uh, a topic which is important right now and is only going to become increasingly more important as the year goes on and we head into uh, June and July next year in 2023. In this talk, Mary spends uh, the first half speaking about the differences that Google Analytics 4 is bringing and indeed why it's happening in the first instance. Uh, Mary then spends the, the rest of the talk doing a, a live demonstration on how to implement Google Analytics 4 on your website. Now, for those who are listening to the audio only version of this podcast, uh, there will be a period of time in this podcast which starts to get a little bit slow because it's a live demo. So what I'd recommend is either you uh, listen or watch this on Spotify uh, because this is available as a video podcast or alternatively uh, you check out the video which is available on the Marketing Meetup website as well uh, for that portion of, the, of this talk. Nonetheless, I decided to leave it in because, as I say, it is available as a video podcast. So for those watching or listening on, on Spotify, you'll be able to keep along with the visuals as well as the audio. Um, but for, for everyone else, then, you know, at least the first half an hour uh, is a really, really useful breakdown on what is going to be changing with Google Analytics 4. Before we head into Mary, then uh, I'm going to say a big thank you to our sponsors for this week who are Impression. Impression are a brilliant agency that are based in Nottingham, but also have in offices uh, in locations around the UK, including London. They're a team of nearly 100 people uh, and can offer you services in anything from PPC to SEO to analytics, analytics, analytics to content and so much more. Uh, so far, so agency. Um, however, the thing that really sets Impression apart is not only their track record, uh, which they've de delivered over numerous, numerous years for many incredible clients, but also they're fantastic human beings. Uh, Aaron, who leads the team there, the performance team there, and Polly, who's their marketing manager, are just really good, solid human beings. Uh, and uh, if they're representative of every member of their team, which I know they will be because that's how they've built the company, then uh, you're in safe hands with Impression. So do take the time to check them out. With all that said, I'm now going to hand over to Mary for a fantastic uh, session on Google Analytics 4, everything you need to know, and uh, how to implement it. I really hope you enjoy, and thank you for listening. Take care. So it's my pleasure to be here, and hi everybody. It's so good to be back. I I love spending time with you all, and. As Joe said, if you have questions, please throw them in the chat. You do not have to wait till the end. Joe, please feel free to interrupt me at any point if somebody has questions that are relevant to what I'm talking about, but maybe I didn't see it. So I would really appreciate that. No problem. I'm on it. <laughs> All right.
Well, we're talking about everything GA4 today. And you, you guys know me by now. I like for you to be able to be here with me and pay attention and not be busy taking copious notes as I go through everything. So of course, I have a link for you right down there on the bottom of the screen that I am sharing. You can see, get this presentation plus access to my free GA4 toolbox at go.seosprints.com slash TMM. So please save that link. If you didn't catch it, I repeat it on just about every slide. So you're going to make, I'm gonna make sure that you, you have access to it as we go along. All right, so that's how you can follow along with the presentation. You'll see the same slides that I'm showing here are available at that link. It's also listed down below here for you. All right, so there's a lot to cover today. Uh, I've always loved the field of analytics ever since I started my, my, my career in digital marketing. My career started with search marketing, and that is why SEO is, is the business that I run and it's the passion that I have. But analytics is an inevitable and uh, it's just a part of digital marketing that you can never separate from any type of digital marketing, SEO included. And so from early on in my career, I've always been a huge proponent of analytics and measurement. And you can't just get a website to be number one on Google without immediately asking the question, what does that mean for the business? How did we get more more goals, more conversions as a result of that number one ranking. So analytics always been a part of my story. And so when Google Analytics announced that it was changing after nine years of running the current version to GA4, my ears perked up just probably as much as yours. So what I wanna make sure that we talk about today is the what's and the why's and the how's of GA4. So you walk out of here with real clarity about what you should do now what you should do next week, what you should do later. Let's put some, some priorities in place and also some real action items. And I'm hoping that we can get through that today. So the what, this is our agenda. This is the what, we're gonna start with the what. What is Google Analytics for? It's also called GA4, what is it exactly? Why should I care? When and how? Here we'll talk about what do I have to do now and what can I wait? on, you know, what can I wait to do later? Also, how do I know uh, that what I'm doing, that I'm doing those things correctly? And then after we go through those first three points, if you still have questions, I want to hear them. So definitely drop them in the chat as we go along. All right, let's get started with what is GA4 exactly? All right, so Google Analytics 4 is uh, well, before we talk about Google Analytics 4, let's talk about what Google Analytics is, okay? We are all probably familiar, but it's important to mention that GA or Google Analytics is the most popular software that businesses and marketers use to understand how people use their websites. You all are probably familiar with GA. Matter of fact, 85% plus of all of us use GA4 or Google Analytics rather on our websites, and you're probably one of them, as I said. And why do we default to Google Analytics? Because it's free, it's highly robust, it plays really well with other marketing tools as well, and did I mention it's free? Okay, so it's, it's a great free tool, and we're all very lucky that Google has it available for us to use uh, without any payment of any kind at this point. 
And so when Google Analytics 4 was announced, it was really important for us to understand what, what is it? How is it different? Well, Google Analytics 4 is the latest version of Google Analytics, which has been around for many, many years. Since it's the fourth version of Google Analytics, it's called Google Analytics 4. It's really as simple as that. The current version of Google Analytics that you're probably running on your website if you are a Google Analytics user was introduced back in 2012. It's called Google Analytics Universal. It's also called Universal Analytics. For ease today, we are going to call it GA3 because I think it'll just make it easier for us to talk today. So GA3 is the current version that we all run. It's been around since 2012. And let me tell you, life was different in 2012. <laughs> uh, here are some important marketing stuffs that happened around 2011, 2012, when Google Analytics 3 was introduced. That was the year that Facebook went IPO. That's the year everybody said MySpace died and Facebook took over. That was 2011, 2012 timeframe. It's been a while. It's also the year that Google Plus was launched. If any of you remember, Google Plus was supposed to be Google's answer to Facebook. It was gonna be the biggest social network out there and it has since died. But 2012 is when that, that tool was, was introduced by Google and launched. Netflix was also founded around that time. And 4G was the big thing. Everybody was talking about how 4G is the big new way of communications. And as you all know, we are now in 5G mode and 4G is long forgotten. The other thing that I have on the screen here is this the screenshot here, um, which, say, which says that early in the year, early in 2012, Facebook and Twitter were, lamb were lambasted by marketers for not providing them with enough detail to accurately measure the ROI of their campaigns. We were very data focused. We wanted more data from these platforms. We were all about, you know, give me, give me as, many, as many segmentations as possible so I can really market to this person who lives in this place and has these needs. We were very data centric and very much about acquiring as much user data as we could. Very different from where we find ourselves today, right? Where we are sort of on the opposite side of things. We are a bit more focused on this cookie-less world now. The, the whole pendulum has shifted and people don't wanna share their data. People are very attuned and very focused on privacy and you know, my data is my data and I'm sure you know this, you're living this in the UK. You're living this in Europe more so than I am in the US. So you're very aware of this. You're hyper-focused on this. The pendulum has completely shifted and really the world of data, the world of marketing has changed. And what Google recognized was that its, its platform was not up to date with the current needs of, of society and of marketing as a whole. Google back in, Google actually released GA4 in 2019, 2020. It was released two and a half years ago. Even though it might feel like it's just now released, it was released two and a half years ago. There are businesses that have been running GA4 for two to two and a half years now. And when Google was, was introducing GA4 back then and even up to now, 
the focus was how do we maintain compliance? How do we play in this new world where data is not going to be as available for collection? Also, the way that we interact with mobile devices, think about Netflix was just invented back in 2012, was just introduced back in 2012. And think about how easy it is for us to move from Netflix on our phones to Netflix on the TV, to Netflix on the tablet, to watching Netflix at a friend's house by logging into our same account, but still being the same person moving seamlessly between devices. That has changed. Google Analytics 3 was built in such a way that if you wanted to track a user on a, on a website, you had to use a different set of code, a different tracking system than if you were tracking that same person on a mobile app. If you had to use a mobile app analysis or reporting, you were using Google Analytics for Firebase. It was a completely different tagging system. And I'm sure some of you are, most of you are more familiar with regular Google Analytics than regular than uh, Google Analytics Firebase, because that was mainly for apps. So Google said, forget Firebase, forget for websites. We're going to bring all those two things together and create GA4, which can be used to track any type of device, whether it's an Apple device, whether it's uh, an Android device, but also whether it's an Apple application, you know, an, an Android app, an Apple, Apple App Store app, or a website, it doesn't matter. Now everything can be tracked through one single, single interface. So you as a business can understand how your entire product suite is functioning. Some people even say Google Analytics 4 is a product analytics tool and not necessarily just a marketing analytics tool. Some people have coined it a product analytics tool because it can truly tell you about all your products your website, your apps, your mobile site, all of it is all measurable in a much more succinct way. So that's another way that GA4 is fundamentally different from GA3. GA4 is also predictive analytics focused. So GA4 will look at your data and what's happening and actually make suggestions to you about things you should do differently. It can even anticipate future growth for you and help you make decisions about how to spend money better and more wisely as a marketer. For example, if you're seeing a lot of traffic and a lot of conversions from a particular channel, GA4 will tell you that if that pattern increases or if that pattern continues, that you can expect X more conversions next week, as an example. So those kinds of predictions are built into GA4 that were not in GA3. And the final point on the slide is that GA4 is built from the ground up. It truly is from scratch, developed from zero. GA1, 2, and 3 were all built from the same code base. So once the world changed so much, GA4 was a completely, Google realized it could not continue to just layer on from the base that it had used to build GA3. So it's a completely different, completely different system altogether the mindset and the approach are entirely different from just a pure coding perspective. So what does all this mean? To be really blunt and be really direct, GA4 is a complete learning curve to GA3. And for those of you that have already set it up, you've already got GA4 running, which I, I'm going to assume is some of you, because I asked Joe, I was going to use Joe's website 
as an example live so we could all watch how GA4 is set up, but he was already leading the, the, uh, the pack. He's already got it set up, so I couldn't use him. So I said, uh, you already have it set up? He said, yes, I do. And I'm sure some of you have it set up as well. And you can probably attest to the fact that it is a completely different interface, a, a learning curve to be, to be um, direct. So it's going to take some time for all of us marketers to get used to how to pull the same types of reports that we were getting in GA3 from GA4. And I'm hoping by the end of today that you're feeling more and more comfortable with how to do that. Okay, I'm gonna take a short pause. Any questions so far, Joe? Um, there's quite a lot of questions, but they're, they're quite specific and, and not necessarily uh, to the points that you've raised so far. So I'm, I'm gonna, if it's okay, I'll suggest that we carry on because you might end up covering some of them and we can't get into the specifics later if, if that's okay. Awesome. Okay. That works for me. Cool. Okay, so now that we've just talked about what is GA4 exactly, the question now is why? Great, Google, you made changes. Why should I care? Why should we care about GA4? The short answer is, <laughs> damn it, Google, because Google is making us care, okay? <laughs> Google is making us care because it is deprecating GA3. GA3, as I said, or GA4 rather, as I said, came out two and a half years ago. And tell me if you agree that you didn't pay it much attention. You figured, mm, Google is developing something. I'm just going to continue using GA3. I don't really need to change anything yet. That was probably most of our mindsets. But then back in March of 2022, just a couple of months ago, Google put out a blog post and said, here are some excerpts from the, the blog post. Two and a half years ago, we introduced Google Analytics 4, all standard universal analytics properties, universal analytics being GA3, will stop processing new hits, AKA new information on July 1st, 2023. So about a year from now, GA3 will stop processing new information, meaning on July 1st, when you open up GA3, there'll be no information showing up in that particular property at all anymore. That's the first point. Here's the second point that a lot of people didn't read because it was later on in the blog post. Google goes on to say in this post that after that date, you will be able to access your previously processed data in GA3 for at least six months. Did you catch that? Google is saying not only will we stop processing data on July 1st, 2023 for GA3, but the data that you already have that you've accumulated these nine years or however long you've been, you've been accumulating GA3 data, they are promising at least six months that you'll still have access to it. That opens the door that Google has the right and is likely, highly likely to actually delete the GA3 data sometime in 2024. This is not speculative. This has been vetted by people that work at Google and that speak on behalf of Google that Google is very highly likely to delete GA3 data. GA3 data does not comply with current privacy laws. GA3 data has, think about all the times that you served an email or you, you sent out an email blast and people fill out your form and 
the, the thank you page has their email address embedded in the thank you page URL because that's how your content management system for your website was configured. There are all sorts of private data inside Google Analytics that Google does not want anything to do with. So the likelihood that GA3 data will be purged sometime in 2024 is high. So this is a point that got missed by a lot of people and I wanna make sure that you know it's, it's there in the same statement that is linked here. Okay, so here's, here's the thing. Google has given us some deadlines and I want you to know if you're like me, you like to procrastinate until the deadline, until somebody gives you a deadline. And deadlines in this case may seem like they're very far away, but they are actually closer than they appear. Even though July is next year, here's why you should care about making changes now, okay? Do you value, right now, do you value comparing month over month data? Do you do that today? Do you like to look at this month versus last month? So for example, come July, 2023, if you wanted to compare July of 2023, how that month performed to June of 2023, you would be the, one of the people that falls in the bucket of people that compare month over month data. If you were to try to do that, you would be comparing oranges and apples, apples to oranges. You wouldn't be comparing like items if you didn't set up GA4 before July, 2023. And the reason why there would be apples to oranges is because there are mismatched metrics in GA3 and GA4. For example, sessions. You are all familiar with sessions. That's the number of visits a website gets. GA4 measures sessions differently from GA3. It's very likely that sessions numbers are lower in GA4 than they are in GA3, simply because of how Google Analytics 4 collects GA4 data. Uh, for example, with Google Analytics 4, Listen to this, you won't believe this. In GA4, if somebody is on your website and that person is on your website at 11.59 p.m. and they continue to be on your website until 12.05 a.m. the next day, GA4 will recognize that that is the same session. GA3 counts those as two separate sessions. So GA3 data is inflated currently whereas GA4 would not allow for that. GA4 would recognize that that is the same individual. So imagine that you always report on sessions every day when you go to do your month over month comparisons, your numbers will immediately be lower for GA4 than they are for GA3 without that knowledge of tracking it month over month to really see what the trend looked like from now until then. Also, there's a lack of comparable, oh, let me not forget bounce rate. Bounce rate is a metric that currently does not exist in GA4. Rumor has it, it's going to be reintroduced, but right now it doesn't exist. So if, if your current reports look at GA, GA3 bounce rates and you want to make sure you report on that, that is currently not in GA4. So you wouldn't be able to measure that month over month. Also, GA4 does not track goals the same way as GA3. So if you were to compare month over month, if you waited and didn't turn on GA4 right now, and you come next, next year, you wanna compare June to July, you wouldn't be able to look at your goals in GA4. They, they simply wouldn't exist. If you set up GA4 in July next year, your goals just wouldn't exist. So you wouldn't be able to say, we had this many more conversions than last month, wouldn't exist. So you gotta set it up now. There are other costs besides just the lack of understanding of the data and the lack of the metrics. There's also the cost of rushing 
to get this done. We all, we've all been there as marketers where you decided not to do something and now you really have to do it. Now you're paying the highest price for a consultant or you're putting a lot of men or, or women hours behind this project when you've got other deliverables to do, right? So the implementation rush and the cost of that to the business is a real tangible cost. The cost of time to learn. So now you didn't take time to learn over these months. You didn't set up GA4. Now you waited and now reports are due and you're working on things and you literally do not understand what you're looking for or you're looking at because you didn't spend the time really understanding it. And then the cost of not impacting the business decisions. In other words, because you weren't prepared, because you don't understand the data, you can't be influencing business decisions on an ongoing basis, right? Today, if I know how my Google Analytics is performing and I can understand my traffic channels, I can make some decisions. We're all used to making decisions based on GA data, but if you don't set it up right away and have the data to work with, every month that you don't have the GA4, GA4's rich reports, the predictive analytics, the custom reports, the things that are built into data help you make better decisions. Every day you're losing out on the opportunity that you could have had to make better decisions. So if you're somebody that likes to compare things month over month, this is what you stand to lose if you don't set up GA4 before July, 2023. The same list applies if you're someone who likes to compare data year over year. If you want to look at 2023 year compared to 2022, same thing, same list of things. You're, you're in the same boat where you cannot compare things apples to apples. You're comparing oranges and apples simply because you didn't set things up early enough. And also if you're someone who likes to compare things over multiple years, we've all seen how the pandemic has changed things. So maybe you want to look at 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, and beyond, and really see how, you know, before the pandemic, how, how, was my how were my metrics performing, and then compare it to post-pandemic. So you like to look at multiple years. The same list applies. So no matter what type of reporting you do, even if you do ad hoc reporting where you just log in once in a while and you just kind of pick things, honestly, the data would not exist and what does exist will be hard to compare. Your only solution, regardless of your reporting process and your reporting cadence, is to set up GA4 now. And I mean now, when I say now, I mean yesterday. Set it up as soon as possible and also turn on the free big query integration. And I'm going to show you exactly what I mean by that as we're talking today, because BigQuery allows you, Google Analytics includes, Google Analytics 4 rather, includes BigQuery integration for free. And it allows you to essentially push all your data that you're collecting into a data warehouse where it lives, where you can go and manipulate it and then display it into Google Data Studio. Or if you use another visualization tool, you can use that as well. But essentially it's a storage place for all your raw data to live and you can push GA3 data in there as well so that you don't actually lose it when it gets deprecated come July 2023 or beyond or beyond. Okay, so the why you should care, I hope has made sense to you. And again, any questions, Joe, you just stop me. Otherwise, I'll keep going. Keep going. Okay. Yeah, the last right. says, uh, Mary, you're just wonderful. These tips are amazing. And we're only a few slides in. So thank you. So I think that's encouragement to continue. <laughs> Awesome. Okay, now 
what, what do you have to do now? Okay, now we know Google is making us care. Damn you, Google, you're making us care about this. You're a free product, but you're such a good product. We feel we have to go this route. And by the way, if you're someone who's thinking, is this a time to start looking at alternatives to Google Analytics? There are some alternatives out there, but none are as robust as GA4. There just isn't. And the ones that are equally robust do not play well with a lot of those other tools that you might be using that might be a part of Google's ecosystem. So you might go and sign up an account with Motomo, or you might sign up an account with Adobe Analytics, or you might sign up an account with Pwik. These are other competitors out there that you could be using, but they don't integrate with a click to Google Ads or to Google Data Studio or to other Google tools that you might want to use to display your data or to, dis or to measure your advertising. So truly for its robustness and for its integration, GA4 leads the pack right now. And there's just no question about it. I've done the research and I'm, I just want you to know that is what we're up against. So, so what do you do now? What do you do now versus later? Okay, that's what we're getting into now. What do I have to do now and, and what can wait? And how do I know I'm doing them correctly? So here's what you should do now. I have four things, A, B, C, and D. Okay, A, these are things I want you to do right now. I wish I could take a poll right now and ask how many people on this call right now do not have GA4 enabled. Can, can you just say no, no GA4 in the chat? I just want to see how many I see coming through. No GA4, no GA4, wow. No GA4. Most of us, or a lot of us, I don't know if it's most, but that's a lot of us. Thank you for being bold enough to share this. I'm going to show you how to do it. We're going to do it today, okay? We're going to do it. And you'll see it takes five minutes or less. It's actually really quick and easy to set up GA4. It's the next steps that get a little bit more complicated, but the easy stuff, let's get the easy stuff out of the way, okay? Awesome, 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 awesome seeing your chats come through. Some, yay, yes, GA4, I have it, but I don't think it's tracking correctly. Excellent. Thank you for your, your participation. I love you all. Okay, so here's what we're gonna do. If, you're, if you fall in this camp where you do not have GA4 set up at all, then you need to configure GA4. Then you want to turn on something called enhanced measurement. What this is, is GA4 automatically tracks all page views, automatically tracks them. Also automatically tracks all scrolls. So you can see, do people scroll to 5% of my page, 50% of my page, 100% of my page, tracks that for you automatically. That's the second thing. It tracks automatically all clicks to external websites. So you can pull a report that says, how many people are clicking off my site to go to my portal? to go to my resource, you know, my, um, my cited resources, whatever it is, it tracks it automatically. It also tracks searches inside your own site search box automatically. It tracks, if you have YouTube videos embedded on your site, it tracks those video plays and tells you how long people are playing those videos. So you can get a sense of engagement with your videos, automatic tracking. And it also tracks any file downloads, any PDFs you have on your site, any zip files, anything downloadable off your site, Google Analytics 4 immediately finds all of these six metrics. They're called enhanced measurement metrics and it tracks them automatically. So we're gonna turn that on. 
And then the last thing we're gonna do together is turn on Google signals if your company complies. This is the ability for you to automatically, automatically capture people's demographics and interests so that you can more accurately, accurately track them as they cross different devices. So I'll show you how to turn this on, but if you're not sure if you should turn it on for GP, GDPR reasons, you should leave it off, even though I'm going to show you, you should leave it off until you can verify with your legal team that it's okay to turn it on. Okay, so, uh, oh, here's an example of what Google Signals looks like if you want to have a visual. So without Google Signals, if you go to the demographics report inside GA4, you'll see nothing. But with Google Signals turned on, you'll see your demo, you'll see the genders, am I attracting one gender over another? What are the interests of my audience? And what are the age categorizations of my audience as well? That's the level of detail you get with Google Sense. Okay, let's walk through it together now. All right, so go to Google Analytics. Go there, I'm going there as well. We're all gonna meet in a second inside Google Analytics. Where's my GA screen? All right, here I am. This is my, bringing it over. This is live. Fingers crossed, we all do it right and uh, we all get success. <laughs> okay, so when you log into your Google Analytics 3 account, your regular Google Analytics account, you're going to see at the bottom the word admin. Yes? You click admin. I'm looking to, to get any feedback that anybody has for me. Like if you don't see admin when you log in, whatever it is, I wanna hear you. Okay, yes, great, thank you. All right, so log in, you'll see admin. You'll see this, when you click admin, you'll get a screen like this. Quite literally, the, the quickest way to set up a GA4 account is to click create property. GA4 doesn't have views like GA3 had. You just click create property. And you're going to be able to give your property a name. You might actually see a button that says create GA4 property. That might be what you see, okay? So you're going to click that button if that's what it says. And then you're going to be able to name your GA4 property. So in my case, I already have it set up, but I'm just going to create another example, live GA4 sprints, live example, select your time frame or your time zone and hit next. Yes, GA4 setup assistant. Yes, if that's what you see, click on that. GA4 setup assistant, if that's what you see. All right, so I'm going to, for me, it's asking me to choose the size of my business and asking me to choose other things as well. Like, what do I want GA4 to help me measure? I can skip this. I'm just gonna click create. All right, Jennifer, you see based on your current tag setup, you need to install new tags on your GA, on your site to use GA4. You are like four steps ahead, which is great. Um, so, which is great. My steps, I think, look a little bit different because I've already set up a property and I'm trying to set up a new one. So I think my steps are a little bit different. But if you click that get set up assistant button, I think it immediately creates the GA4 account for you. And then it says you have to install a tag, yes. All right, so let's see. What are you seeing on your screen right now? Somebody's seeing, I need to install more tags. Tell me what you're seeing. <laughs> uh, 
tag installation, custom event measurement. I'm seeing the same as you. Okay, some people are seeing what I'm seeing. Others are seeing a couple other things. Um, but is anybody seeing data streams? Do you see a section called data streams that looks like mine? If not, click on data streams. The way that GA4 works, yes, set up a data stream. Yay, excellent, we're all caught up. Okay, so the way that GA4 works is it says, well, what are you gonna be tracking? A website or an app? Remember, it brings those things together. So of course, for us, we're gonna choose website for now. And it's going to ask you, well, what website? So here you type in the website itself, meseosprints.com. And you give your stream a name. So here you would just put SEO Sprints website as an example, okay? And do you see here where it says enhanced measurement and you see how it's already checked? This is what I was talking about. GA4 automatic, automatically tracks page views, scrolls, outbound links, et cetera, et cetera, for you. So leave that on, do not uncheck that, okay? And then you click create stream. And you have created a stream. Basically, what you've done is you've created an instance in Google Analytics 4 for Google Analytics 4 to start tracking. But there's only one small problem. There's no tag on your site. For those who are saying, oh, we have to add more tags. <laughs> yes, you do, because there's right now there's no communication between this, this account you've just created and your website. All you've done is told Google Analytics to start to create another reporting dashboard, but it doesn't know what it's tracking. You've got to put a piece of snippet code on your website. Here is where, uh, let's see, anybody have questions? Let's see. Yes, data, so Philippa, you're saying data collection isn't active for your website. If you installed tags more than 48, yes, the same thing I'm seeing up here. It's not installed, so that's a you're you're in the right place. If you're seeing information that says it's not installed, it's because it's not installed. We haven't done the installation yet. Okay, that's exactly where you should be. There are two ways to install Google Analytics for tracking code on your website. Okay, and Google Analytics tells you how to do them right here under tagging instructions. You don't need a special guru to tell you how to tag your site. Google Analytics tells you there are two ways. The first one is if you have never put any code on your website, any Google Analytics code or any Google Tag Manager code on your website, then you're operating under this one that says add new on-page tag. If, however, you have existing Google Analytics or Google Tag Manager tag on your website, then you're going to follow the instructions under this section. That's it. So for me, I'm going to walk you through the example for people that have Google Tag Manager set up because that's what I have. But know that if you don't have Google Tag Manager set up, you would just click the Google Analytics option and Google tells you how to then paste the code directly into your site without going through Tag Manager. I know, I know, Ray, Tag GTM is immense. Google Tag Manager is immense. There's a lot inside Google Tag Manager, but it's also digestible if you just think about, if you just go in and do what you need and get out. GA4 or Google Tag Manager is actually quite easy to use if you just focus on the simple things you need to do. Some people do very complicated things inside GA4, but uh, I, I don't, and I, I think most of us shouldn't either. Okay, so when I go into GA4, 
I'm, I keep saying GA4 when I mean Tag Manager. When I go inside Tag Manager, again, I already have Tag Manager set up for me. So I am following use existing on-page tag and I'm following these instructions. Literally, Google is telling me what to do. It says, go into your Tag Manager, click Tags and click New, then click Tag Configuration and select GA4 Configuration. So I'm just gonna go to Tags New, Tag Configuration and select GA4 Configuration. Watch this. Tags, new, here's my new tag. I could have gone to tags here and clicked new. I could have also just clicked the new tag on the previous screen, okay? So Google says, now click tag configuration and click GA4 configuration. So I click into this tag configuration box and I click GA4 configuration. So far, so good. Now, it says, now enter this measurement ID. This is unique to me. This is a measurement ID up here, up here, right here. So this is the measurement ID that Google, Anal Google Analytics has pasted down here for me. So it's saying, enter this inside this box, okay? And then it says, now set a trigger to all pages and then save and publish your tag. That's it. So I'm going to do triggering. I clicked on the triggering box, okay? Oops, my chat window got too big. I clicked inside this box. I clicked all pages. Now I'm going to name, before I click save, I'm just going to name my tag. So I'm going to say GA4 configuration, just to give it a name. All tags in Google Tag Manager require uh, some sort of name. Otherwise you'll, you'll confuse yourself. And then you press save. And then you're almost done. The last step is to publish what you did. Just because you've made the tag does not mean that it's actually saved onto your website. You have to go through the process of clicking publish, also known as submit. So you click submit and it's going to ask you to give a description to what you just did. So added GA4 configuration tag. Let's give it a nice descriptor and then click publish. And it will tell you, saying like no one is watching, you've just published your tag. That's it, okay? If you've never set up GTM before, or if you're kind of lost because this is not your way of doing it, or you don't have access, somebody else does it at your business, whatever your reason is for being stuck on, G, on GTM, the GA4 toolbox that I mentioned that you're gonna have access to on, on the link that I'm providing, I will walk you through how to set up GTM. I promise you, I will help you out. So don't worry about it if you're a little bit lost here. I will give you the step-by-step -step for your scenario to make sure that you can get GTM working for you, okay? So rest easy, you'll be, all, you'll be good. So now if I go back to my workspace inside GTM, I should be able to see, if I go to tags, I should be able to see that nothing, there are no workplace changes. It used to say that I had one change that I had made, but now it says zero because the change that I made was published. So now I don't have any lingering draft changes, okay? So that's, that's all you do. And then when you go to your website, what you can do is if now I go to my website and I look under GA4 reports, I'm going to switch to GA4 reports just so you can see this is how I, test to see if my tag is working. 
GA4 has real-time reporting just like GA3 did. And here we go. If I go to reports and I go to real-time, I should be able to see activity on my site under the real-time reports. And that's a way to verify. If I go to my site right now, SEO Sprints, I should be able to trigger the real-time reports showing up here. So that's, that's a quick way to verify that the GA4 tag is working, okay? I'm going to go ahead and delete the tag that I made in GA4 uh, in GTM because that's the second tag I've made. So I'm going to just check the box, click delete and delete it. So I don't have two instances of Google uh, Analytics 4 running on my site, okay? So that's how you do it. And that's how simple it is. Again, if you lost me or if I lost you, the information is going to be available in the toolbox. As far as the data, the Google signals, I mentioned you can go to data settings. You can go to data settings, select data collection, and you can click this get started button and make sure you read the, Google is actually going to, once you click get started, it's going to give you a, a statement that you should read and get familiar with because it's, you're gonna be collecting people's information about interests and such. So Google wants to make sure that you are aware and that you're making people aware of this inside your privacy policy statements. But turning on Google signals, this is all you have to do is press this button and then confirm on the next page and you'll start to track demographic information. Okay. Awesome. All right, so that's what we do so far. That's what I want you to do as soon as possible. Like I said, do it yesterday. Get your GTM tag working, get your Google Analytics 4 account working uh, so that you have data collecting. Once the data is collecting, what I want you to do right after that, and I say, I'll give you until next week, is to use GTM to create additional events and goals inside GA4. In other words, your Google Analytics 3 events are not gonna carry through. You're gonna need to create these events inside GA4. And the good news is creating events inside GA4 is quite straightforward as well. Um, I will, let me see what your questions are looking like. There's so many steps inside GTM. I know there are lots of steps, but they're pretty easy. Uh, somebody's saying they don't fear GA4 uh, anymore. That's great. Um, yeah, I, I want to show you how to set up events in GA4. Uh, I just want to be mindful of, this, of the time. Let me do this. There, let me just give you a quick overview, and then I'll, I'll show you the steps if we have a couple of minutes at the end, because it's very easy. And there are two ways you can do it, either directly inside Google Analytics or inside GTM. Uh, both are super easy. Matter of fact, here, let me show you. Let me show you super fast. Because I cannot help myself but to teach you how to know what I know. Okay, so inside GTM, again, inside Tag Manager, again, you can set up events in GTM or GA. It does not matter which one you choose. You still go to tags and you still select new. Now looking at your website, here's my, oops, here's my website. Suppose I wanted to measure how many people click the start sprinting button. Let's suppose that's what I want to track. So back in GTM, I know what I want to track. I'm still going to go here. I'm going to say GA4, I'm going to name it first this time, GA4 event start sprinting. Call it something that you'll remember. And under tag configuration, the only difference here is you're clicking this. And instead of clicking 
GA4 configuration, you're clicking GA4 event. And then you're going to give your event a name. So you're gonna say something like, um, you name it something conventional. So that you'll remember button, sprinting or start sprinting, whatever you want to call it. And then you're going to give your event some parameters. Here we go. And let me close this up. So the event is going to be the start sprinting event and you're going to choose whatever variable you want to track. Is it, is the event based on somebody doing something? Is the event based on somebody getting to a certain URL? You're going to make your selection, whichever is appropriate. For me, it's going to be somebody doing a specific event. And then I'm going to determine what the trigger is. And here you have to actually create a brand new trigger um, based on what that button is tagged to do on your website. And I don't wanna to get too complicated. I promise you it's easier than it sounds, but it requires you right-clicking on the button, looking at the code in the button. I know it sounds a little scary, but it's not, but you're looking for a unique name for the button inside how it was coded. And you're going to take that ID, put it inside GTM. So GTM knows how to identify this button separately from other buttons on your website. Again, this will be in the toolbox with screenshots. So you'll be able to do everything step-by-step. Step. But again, it, it'll take up about five minutes and you'll have your event set up in GTM, no problem, okay? I promise you it's easy. All right, so we'll get that set up and then you'll have GTM events set up. And again, you can do them either in GTM or also in Google Analytics as well. So once you set up your events, once you set up your events in, in Google Analytics, Four, because again, GA3 events do not transfer over. And if they do, they're probably messy. We've all made bad decisions with events in GA3. So if there's anything you take away from this session, I really advise you do not just carry over the way that you did events in GA3. Rethink how you want to do, do your events in GA4. GA4 limits the amount of events you can create and it forces you to really think about paradigms, or not, or not paradigms, but syntax you want to use all the time. Uh, and so it's gonna force us as marketers to always think about how we want to code our buttons and make sure things are always seamlessly measured no matter what. So that's item B. Item C, I'm gonna give you two weeks for this, is to start reporting using GA4. So whatever you report now, whether it's a marketing report, whether it's a um, you know, month over month, year over year reports that you're doing today, challenge yourself to start using GA4 as well as GA4, GA3 reporting. Ask yourself, how do I pull the same traffic sources report inside GA4? Pull that and ask yourself what's missing. Force yourself to learn GA4 and also follow the GA blog, which I've linked to here, which Google uses to give you updates on what new features it's adding to GA4, how to use GA4, how to find the same reports that you have in GA3 inside GA4. Google has a blog to tell you this. So I advise you within two weeks time to start following it so that as you're creating your reports, you know how to answer your questions that you might be having along the way. That's item C. And item D, item D is to create a BigQuery project and link it to GA4. Sounds complicated, but I'm telling you, it's a click of a button. And as you're setting up GA3, a GA4 rather, down here is 
right down here where we had data streams and everything, there's a button that says BigQuery links. BigQuery is nothing more than just a warehouse that houses your data. It looks like this. Here's a visual of it. So here's BigQuery for you. Any data stream that you have, any data source that you have, whether it's Google Analytics, which is this, this icon here, or whether you've got data living in Google Sheets, whether you've got data living in Google Analytics 3, Facebook, anything, you can force all of that information to get dumped inside BigQuery. And Google Analytics 4 gives you, G, gives you BigQuery access for free. And yes, there are some storage limits and there are some querying limits, but the limits are so large that even if you have to pay for them, you're paying just a few dollars, a few dollars, like tens of dollars for most of us, not hundreds, not thousands, even if you were to exceed those storage limits. So when you turn on BigQuery, again, free through GA4, you then dump all your data from GA3 and GA4 inside BigQuery, and then you can visualize it through Data Studio or whatever tool you have. So that if you wanna purge data, if your business wants to purge data every 12 months, every two months, whatever it is, still have the clean data living in a data warehouse, which is BigQuery for you to do any analysis that you may need to do. This is more advanced, but the first step is just to create a BigQuery account and click that button. And then the data gets stored. And then later on, you can start to create reports out of it, but at least get the data to start getting dumped inside BigQuery because then you can use it later. Okay, so with that, I'm going to just stop and make sure I answer all your questions. Let's talk about your questions in the time that we have, and I'm happy to answer them for you. Let's dive in. <laughs> Mary, uh, in fact, I'm going to read it verbatim here because there's a comment here from Jennifer who says, Mary, you are amazing. And you know what? Mary, you are amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, Ryan says, Mary has done amazingly to cover all of this in 60 minutes. So, <laughs> uh, so, so much. I think there's an awful lot of folks right now who are very, very, very grateful. So thank you. People have been singing your praises throughout. Um, yeah, and, and are right now as well. So thank you very much. We have 23 open questions, but I've just been looking through them as, as the talk was coming to an end there and, and quite a lot of them are either the quite specific or stuff you've already covered. So the 23 looks in, uh, more intimidating than it is. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I'll ask this first question and, and maybe after that we'll maybe not look at specific platforms because I, I, in fact I feel like HubSpot and Spotify, uh, Shopify are the two that people are asking about. So Jemima is the most upvoted question that says, uh, what's the best way to integrate GA4 into HubSpot CRM and a WordPress website? Um, it feels quite specific, and but then there's also a few questions about Shopify. So is there like a, a universal sort of truth that exists on these integrations or is, is it quite specific based on the platform? You know what? So GA4 or BigQuery, integrates with a lot of platforms. So quite literally, you could Google BigQuery integrations and see a list of all of those integrations. If HubSpot or Shopify are not in the native integrations, guess what? You can use a third-party tool. It's called Supermetrics. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called Supermetrics for BigQuery. And it's a tool that costs about $200 a month, 
to use. So you can just buy it for a month and use it for what you need. But it's a middleman that allows you to connect to BigQuery any data source that's not directly natively integrated. Great. All right. So that's those are the steps to take. First, Google query integration, see if they're native there. And if not, then look at super metrics Lovely. and use that as your middleman. <laughs> that's brilliant. We've got Nick in the chat feature saying supermetrics is brilliant in capital letters. So <laughs> yes. Like, been a good I see that, Nick. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> I love that. Um, so there was a question that came in really early on from uh, Alicia, but it was the next one that's the most upvoted. Uh, <laughs> Nick is Nick is only sending messages to the hosts and panelists presently, so not everyone can see this. But Nick says the caps were accidental. Sorry. Uh, anyway, back to the question from Alicia, uh, who says, uh, "What can I do when so many people don't accept the cookies? Uh, I can barely do any analysis on stuff on our shop, and since we have a little number of people actually accepting the cookies, so does GA4? You probably covered this, but there was so much. Does GA4 sort of mitigate this this issue around cookies? Yes, GA4 does. So GA, what GA4 does is it recognizes the cookie-less world that we are entering and that we are very much in, and it fills those gaps in. So it doesn't need to collect a cookie. It can still identify that this particular entity, this individual, is the same person that is moving from this device to that device. So without collecting any private information that, or even without collecting a cookie, it can still fill in the gap and understand that that individual is the same. Obviously, it's obscuring the individual's private information. Uh, so this is something GA3 currently cannot do. It, when somebody says, I do not want my cookie collected, GA3 shuts down. Right. GA4, on the other hand, fills in those gaps. It's built to do that. Wicked. That, that's very reassuring. <laughs> um, cool. Next question. Um, in fact, I think you've you've referred to it a few times uh, throughout the presentation, and it's still down the bottom, folks. So be sure to go to go.seosprints.com forward slash TMM, as I suspect this will be the answer to this question. Uh, but it is, uh, what are some of the best resources you have used to learn more about analytics and GA4, Mary? Fabulous question. So yes, inside the toolbox, I'm going to give you the same resources that I use to learn about GA4. One of the best ones is actually Google's blog itself, where they're directly telling you what to do. Mm -hmm. uh, the other one is I, I, learn, I learn by doing. So anything I can't figure out. For example, I'm constantly pulling SEO reports. I need to see this SEO report and this SEO report inside GA3 and GA4. Anything I don't see, I Google it and I look for an answer. You know, how do I find my, my specific search engines inside GA3 the way I saw them in GA4 or inside GA4 the way I saw them in GA3? And so I'm, I'm always learning. And anytime I see a publisher answer my question, I add them to my list of publishers that I should con constantly go to and, and refer to others. So in the toolbox, I'm going to give you the same list of people that I'm listening to and that I'm watching so that you are also as up to date as I am. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. I love the organization there as well, to be as mindful as that. Uh, <laughs> that's that's mm -hmm. really horrible. Uh, good for you. I'm, I'm now going through all the questions. I feel like, you know, your gift, if I may, Mary, and, and it's probably wrong for me to put this upon you, but like, I just love how you communicate because you're so clear 
And so there've been so many questions here that I can see in the chat feature. And what I'm gonna do is make sure we capture them just in case there's any that we can go back and answer retrospectively. But right yes. now it does look like quite a lot of them are quite similar questions. Uh, so I don't wanna uh, be going through the same again and again. Um, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna suggest that we keep to our hour, if that's okay with you. And uh, and we capture these questions and I'll send them through to you. And if there's anything there, then folks will be able to find you on LinkedIn and uh, and, and potentially uh, you, you're, you've either got content for weeks or uh, <laughs> you can you can answer those questions directly, if that's okay. I'd love to, I'll be happy to answer any questions I didn't, I didn't answer already. Thank you so much for your time. I love your, your attitudes and your positivity in the chat. And I hope that we connect. I hope you connect with me on the website and that I can send you this toolbox when it's available. And I'm just looking forward to just keeping in touch with all of you and helping you with any other questions that you might have. Thank you so much for having me again. I love being here. <laughs> I was saying to Mary before we went live, I think you are now the, uh, the number one uh, person who has spoken the most at the marketing meetup, which uh, is, is uh, I, I feel very proud about because um, you are you. So honestly, thank you so much, Mary. And thank you also to everyone right now who is putting in the chat feature that it was useful. Uh, that makes me very, very happy. And I'm sure it does Mary too. Um, please do say a big thank you to our sponsors. Uh, Impression are our featured sponsor today, but we've also got a, a number of individuals who contribute to uh, the Marketer Meetup. And I will link every single one of them uh, in the follow-up email. One big ask from me is that you say thank you to those folks uh, behind the marketing meetup. It really, uh, you know, it makes them feel rightfully special, but it means that we can continue doing what we're doing. So they're really, really appreciated as well. Um, so thank you everyone so much for watching. Uh, if you've got a big takeaway, please do share it on social media. Thank you once again, Mary, and we will see you again uh, next week, next Tuesday for the second marketing meetup of season seven. See you very soon. Take care everyone.